welcome to another episode of the Waffling Tailors podcast. It's another one of those Waffling Tailors goes to the movies. And if you're not sure about what these are, this is where we watch a video game movie and then we discuss it um, as as we sort of we talk through the movie and discuss the, the good bits, the bad bits, the bits that are not so great. And then at the end, we decide between us whether each of us thinks that it's a good movie, um, a good uh, genre movie so for instance the movie we we're talking about today is going to be a horror action sci-fi movie and then we then we talk about whether it's a good sort of tie into the game movie we are iterating towards what i think is the only good example of a good uh, video game movie um, i'm trying to keep that uh, card close to my chest but i'll happily tell our guest what it is after we've finished recording but before we get into all of that we kind of need to find out who else is here with me because it's just me so far right and i'm the boring one so let's bring on squidgy i'm gonna say hello squidgy how are you squidgy you got that backwards again hello squidgy hello squidgy hello squidgy hello squidgy how are you, Squidgy? Hello, Squidgy. <laughs> You're doing that well, are you? Yeah, kind of, yeah. Oh, good man, good man, good been man. In one of those days, my foot hasn't fallen off yet, so I'll take that as a win. I mean, considering the movie we're about to talk about, I feel like that's slightly related. But there you go. Uh, for those of you who've already clicked to download, you, you I don't, don't need to be all cryptic because you've seen the title of the episode and probably even the artwork that. But we're still not going to uh, mention the episode at all. We're just going to get. No, not yet. Not yet. Not yet. No, not yet. But, but, right. I've been super self indulgent so far. I am the one talking almost constantly here. I've introduced Squidgy, but we do have a third guest with us today. It's, uh, it's our good friend, Andrew Dickinson from the, uh, from all of the podcasts <laughs> <laughs> all of them yes. every single that's the one, one. That's giving the you one. a run for your money yeah thought you were the one that was on every one of them <laughs> i mean i kind of am but, true. but how are you andrew it's been a while since you were on the show i'm just wondering how are you doing it has been a while i'm really good thank you yeah i'm really well how, how are you both doing yeah, well i mean i'm sitting in my basement but it's also my office so i'm kind of happy well, about that yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> and as just stated, my foot hasn't fallen off yet, so I'm doing good. Good man, awesome. <laughs> Could, couldn't do any better than that, really, could you? <laughs> foot hasn't fallen off. Everything's right with the world. <laughs> Things not falling off. Achievement unlocked. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so yeah, we're gonna we're gonna usually we do a quick roundtable of like what we've all been playing, but with these movie ones, we kind of jump just straight into it. Um, Simply because it's about the movie. I mean, we can always do another episode with Andrew another time, find out what he's been playing recently. Or indeed, you can go subscribe to all of his hundreds of podcasts to find out what he's been playing recently. All of them. Uh, yeah. Uh, but, I, you know, I, I sound like I'm making fun, but the, the shows that you produce, Andrew, are really top-notch high quality. So, you know, I sound like I'm being horrible. I don't mean to, you know. People definitely should check To be out. fair, it's... No, I know it's it's. I, I get the piss taken out of me all the time for how many. Like I, I've had to ditch podcasts because I've had too many of them to manage at <laughs> once. So I've like I'm, I'm down to my core ones now, and uh, like I've got my own. I've got a few others that I that I help out with or kind of guest host on. Um, but yeah, some of the others have gone by the gone by the wayside at least for the time being. But yeah, I do have a lot. It's uh, I, I just have the bug. I have the po- I have the podcasting bug, which is exactly what you've got as well, Jay. To be fair, I mean four four podcasts. That is a lot. It is. A lot it is. It was originally six. <laughs> <laughs> oh well. So yeah, I lot. feel the pain of uh, let's 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 just put one or two on hiatus for now and come back to it later. Yeah. I totally get that. I totally get that. 
it's the same with any creative endeavor, right? You know, you get musicians who will do the same thing. Yeah. They get really excited about making music. Hey, let's start a, a second band. And then, you know, maybe that will go really well. Or maybe they release two albums and then stop. It's, I totally get it. It's, it's exciting and it's fun to have this creative outlet. So what we're going to be talking about today is the second Resident Evil live action movie. Now, um, if you haven't heard it already, we did do an episode, uh, I believe it was called uh, Resident Evil and the Paper Kimono, which was us talking about the first Resident Evil movie, yep. named after the paper kimono that uh, Alice wears at the end of the movie, uh, <laughs> which she wears several yep. times in this movie through lots of different flashbacks that happen. So mm-hmm. that's yeah, uh, so that's for the a, people at home. We are we are going to talk about Resident Evil Chuck Apocalypse. Oh, if only it was <laughs> called Chuck Apocalypse, that would make it quite nice. Be useful to eat the disc, wouldn't it? Indeed. Can you imagine that? You load a disc into a DVD player and just spits chocolate out. Yeah, I'm fine with that. That's uh, that's some kind of magic. Mm-hmm. That it's like we'd have to either have some kind of. I, I, don't, I don't know how that would happen. I'm, I'm now thinking of the mechanism inside of the d- DVD player that would have to happen in order to spit chocolate out. I'm like, do you remember those Cadbury machines that you used to get yeah. for Christmas that had the little tiny things of Cadbury's chocolate and you'd put 2p in and it would spit it out? I'm just imagining that, just loads of little Cadbury's chocolates being spat out of the... Uh, so you, you're overthinking it. What it is is you, you put the disc into the DVD player or Blu-ray player or whatever it is uh-huh. and you concentrate on the actual device and then someone behind it just throws a chocolate bar at your face. <laughs> I like it, the low-tech approach. Uh, Someone is sitting there behind your TV with a tin of celebrations or heroes or whatever and just throwing them at you. No, it just grabs the whole tin and goes, wah! What, throws the tin or the <laughs> contents of the tin? Both, if you want. <laughs> the contents of the tin. It's personal preference, isn't it? You could just lob <laughs> so, the tin at you. Yeah. So, like, the first thing you get is this wonderful shower of chocolates, and then all of a sudden, twang! <laughs> I like flashbacks of three years ago. Anyway, yes. <laughs> so yeah, uh, we are going to be talking about uh, Resident Evil uh, Apocalypse, as it is known. I did write down the year that it came out, but I completely missed it. But I'm thinking, I was just about to say it would have been around 2004 because the mm-hmm. first one came out 2002, right? And it takes about a year to write a script and to produce it all. So absolutely, that totally makes sense. And then to ditch it and get someone else to write the script. Oh, well, am I, am I it, going too far forward in the third Resident Evil film? Well, this is it. Um, Paul W.S. Anderson wrote this one again, um, just chiefly as a way of look at how attractive my future wife is, I feel. You know, uh, we talked about in the, in the, in our description of the first movie. I mean, it's, it, don't get me wrong, but we'll come on to it later, but I do think that this is a, the first movie and the second movie are pretty good action horror zombie movies right as taken as a self-contained thing if you think about them as not related to the video games it just happens to have the same title as a video game it's it's loads of fun yeah yeah the third one not well the- yeah that's true <laughs> but, uh- <laughs> I said about that, the better, I think. yeah yeah but um but yeah so like uh, i'd said in the episode about the the first uh, movie and it was very much it felt very much like a vehicle for I'm going to pronounce her name wrong I'm sure but Milia Jovlich sorry yes it felt very much as like a, a, a way of saying look I can do action too which is perfectly fine you know, there's lots of. I mean, she she done she done those kind of movies. Well, maybe not quite as much as this, but she's done action related movies before this. She, she was in The Fifth Element, of course, and um, she's in Joan of Arc as well, which is another Luc Besson film. 
brilliant film as well. But yeah, I guess this was Miljovovic's action movie vehicle and got her into all the other action movies that she then went on to do like ultraviolet and all those kind of things but yeah it, it, it wasn't it, i feel like i'm saying i'm gonna say Miljovovic a lot throughout <laughs> this uh this episode so anytime we an... need it being said i'll just point at you and you you say that well, can, can we not just call her mj <laughs> or something i don't know could call her MJ. I I I feel like I want to say I, I like saying her whole name so I can. It's like when you're able to say Chorizo, everybody else says Chorizo, even though apparently that's the right way to say it if you're in South America. I hear, but um, it's like Chorizo. If anybody says it, I'm like, no, it's Chorizo because I'm one of those people. Um, <laughs> but um, can you so, um, can you correct spelling of a spoken word as someone says it as well? Okay, sure. <laughs> get the kind of feeling you can do. Let's say I can do that. <laughs> Um, but yeah it was it was for sure it was a vehicle for her but it was um i mean i don't know if you went much into the history of the first resident evil film but that had a really terrible kind of development in terms of the fact it wasn't even meant to be what it was and there was a whole script that was based properly on the first game and it completely got ditched george a romero script yeah exactly and they just went, nah, let's not do that. Let's uh, let's make it as uh, loosely connected to the original game as we possibly can, and uh, we'll run with that. But it was, I mean, I I, I did enjoy the first film. It was good, but um, obviously we're not here yeah, to talk lo- about loosely it. connected to the game as possible. And then when the second movie came around, they did a U turn and said, "Let's put in as many references as possible." Mm. I mean, it kind of makes sense, right? Because if you think about, uh, I mean, we're having to talk a little bit of background here to make what we're about to talk about makes sense but like first movie comes out and there's like tangential references it's it takes place in raccoon city there's an evil corporation called umbrella there are zombies there's a yeah there's a few liquors a liquor yeah there's mention of nemesis right at the end and that's largely about it so like i can understand where they kind of went oh um actually reaction has been Maybe we should have made it a little bit more related. Let's shoehorn a bunch of stuff in. Almost like um, crowd, not crowd pleasing, but almost pandering. Again, fans. not yeah, almost not really fan service, but you know, hey, hey, mm-hmm. here's this character that you really like, and that totally makes sense, right? Because you, at the end of the day, you've got to get bombs on seats. That's what a movie is for, yeah. right? But bombs on seats make a lot of yeah. money. Yeah. Which is, yeah, it's fair enough. And I'd argue, I mean, we're going to go into this as we go, but I'd argue that Apocalypse does this fairly well in terms of fan service. Three throws it all out the window. I mean, again, you know, we're not we're not here to talk about that one, but oh my God, why did they put Claire in it? And why did they cast Ali Lata as Claire? And why is she nothing like Claire? Uh, but anyway, <laughs> sorry, I digress. I mean, we can always come back and do a Resident Evil 3 if you really want to. That's not a problem. Uh, that, that's mean, that's, that's cruel and unusual punishment for Andrew, I might add. So if if, I, if Andrew's just, a naughty boy, we'll make him watch the third about one. It. All, right. <laughs> All right, and we'll make him review it by himself. We won't talk. He'll just give like an hour long essay of what what was good, if any, and everything that was bad about the film. So Andrew, here's a forewarning: you 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 be a bad boy. We'll make you watch that film. <laughs> You, you make it sound like this is a bad thing. I don't mind talking for an hour about what I hate about Resident <laughs> Evil 3. That's totally fine. You, you know you just dug your own grave, right? We're, we're going to make you do that now. Oh, dear. <laughs> I know, I know. I'll be good. I'll be good. I'm sorry. You're so evil, Squidge. 
Okay, yeah. So what we usually do with these is, like I said, we've got into a little bit of a, a backtrack, and it makes sense that they've had to throw these uh, references into uh, the other to the games into the movie to sort of placate the uh, the hardcore fans, the people who will be. I mean, we just said during we had a little break. Then we, ju- uh, Andrew and I, are just saying there that I personally I'm able to suspend my disbelief to the point where I can get on board with there's a zombie apocalypse and I can suspend my disbelief so far that it's a single corporation that somehow is a mega monolithic, the biggest corporation in the world and they've orchestrated it. I can do that. But then there are some bits that just, I can't, I just like, I literally just cannot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, uh, but yeah, but we'll, we'll, can I just mention some before we get onto the movie? It's something I'll probably forget later on, but it's yes. right at the bottom of my notes, right? So I can understand um I'll just call her Mila or Alice. Because yep. I'm I'm not even gonna try and butcher her last name, because I probably will. Um I can understand her being like uber powerful and what have you, cause superpowers, right? But mm-hmm. if anyone is the the build of her normally, or the actress who played Jill, and they want to be super powerful. For it to be believable, they either have to have a bit more bulk on them, or their muscles have to be well-defined, as in they've been used. Mm-hmm. As it stands, mm-hmm. Mila and the actress who played Jill, I had the same thought all the way through the movie, re-watching it a couple of hours ago, and it was, someone throw them a sandwich, please. I, d- I don't mean that in a nasty way, they just look way too thin, to a point where I'm pretty sure there'll be like health problems. No one should be that thin, especially Mila. I swear, no one should be. I mean, but it fits in the universe, though, right? We, Makes she's sense, been... but it just, it just, just throw a sandwich, get us eat a curry, something, anything. Yeah. So, like, she's yeah. been unconscious and connected to different machinery for a number of months since the end of the first movie. So it makes sense that, like, naturally her body would break down and she'd get thinner and she'd lose a little bit of weight. So, I mean, the, I'm not trying to say that she had weight to lose in the first movie no. at all, no. but you know, the, she would be slimmer. I totally get that. But again, it's it's that yeah. suspension of disbelief, right? You're saying there, oh, they need to have a little bit of muscle to them or a little bit more definition. Just a little in bit a movie, In a movie about the living dead. So it's like, I, it's the point I was getting at earlier on. You yeah, know, I'm, I'm, a- gonna, I'm actually going to trip over myself because I'm trying to look for logic in this a lot. <laughs> Yeah. And yeah, where there's none, yeah. and, and plus it's it's Hollywood. All all the female actresses have to be a certain size, or they wouldn't get cast mm. in the first place, because that's Hollywood, uh, for better or worse, for worse probably. <laughs> um, and all of the male characters have to have certain muscle type or fit in their particular role. So it's it, you know it, it, at the end of the day, it's just because that's what Hollywood dictates a woman should look like. Um, and if you wanna if you wanna try and logic it out. Um, I, I'm I'm trying not to fast forward too far through the movie, but she has friggin' mind mm. powers, like you know. So whatever they've done to her, it doesn't, you know. It, it's it's just changed her physiologically, mentally inside, and maybe just hasn't affected her externally. You know, the the virus is making her stronger, so it doesn't necessarily need. She doesn't necessarily need bigger muscles or whatever. Exactly. That's that's how I logic it. <laughs> that's my logic. My terrible non. I, I, I get what you're saying, Squidge. Don't open this can of worms. Just just get on with it. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> go, with, go, go, with go with the flow. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's a fantastical movie about the dead coming back to life. I don't think you can. I, I get where you're coming from, but I don't think you can really complain about 
well, this character would have to lift this much, you know, they need to be able to do this many exercises and be a slightly bigger or slightly smaller to be able to fit that. I mean, we're talking like about said, a movie logic, where you know. later on in the, you know, when we get to it in the film, she shoots at a wall with about 12 rounds and then sort of baseball slides through the wall into the, into mm-hmm. the garbage chute. And whether that would happen, I don't know. Cause I don't know guns, but. I'm not let's, sure. Let's, let's just remove like logic that. for this conversation. Yeah, exactly. Right. So the the way that I feel about it is, I'm not going to pick up on too many of the smaller things. It's the huge, silly things, and they are, and they're only mm-hmm. silly because they're sort of action movie cliches that I'm going to sort of pick up on. And as Andrew said, there, you know, she she has mind control powers towards the end of the film. So you've got to have to. You kind of have to be. Um, Willing to go the distance, I guess, and 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 accept a number of things that maybe don't make sense. Mm-hmm. Especially if you're a Resident Evil fan, some of these things don't make sense until you get to Resident Evil Zero, where someone's able to do something and control leeches and do something, and then that storyline is completely dropped because then at the end of the game, Rebecca wanders off into the forest. So, like. I I kind of get it, but by the same token, I'm like, is it worth focusing on? I'm not sure. So Resident Evil Apocalypse, right? It starts with Mm -hmm. a bit of a flashback. Um, There's... Uh, we we literally get uh, a show and tell. Usually in a film, you show don't tell. You know, if if characters are sitting around and going, you know, it was it was three weeks ago when this horrible thing happened to me, and I'm just going to tell you about it and not show you it. That's usually seen as a bad thing, but it's a, it's a bit of both. You get the clips. Be <laughs> if you're watching this along, um, be prepared to watch a lot of clips of the first movie. But um, you get a lot of clips from the ending of the first movie, interspersed with some new stuff that they filmed, explaining in case you missed the first movie what's happening, what's going on, uh, how all the characters are related, um, trying to sort of get you ready for later on in the film. Alice gets really upset about having to fight Nemesis. Why she's upset about having to fight Nemesis? You know, because it's uh, spoiler alert. It's Max from the first film. Matt. Um, they call Matt, him Matt in so. this film. Matt. I thought it was Max. Was. That's the first note I put. Is it Matt or Max? I'm pretty well, sure it was Max, but I they changed it. Matt. Yeah. That would be a terrible um, inconsistency between <laughs> films if they did, if did that, especially for a film that constantly uses footage from the first film and constantly refer back to it. That would be what I noticed horrendous. was when when they actually show you bits of um, Alice shouting for him as he's being taken away they do not in the sound show, um, play the last part of what she screams so you just hear Mah! and that's it so I think yeah. that's how they got away with it but I'm pretty sure it was Max in the first film maybe they were setting up so mm. that people would get confused over his name and then just like is it Matt is it Max maybe it was both maybe there were two of them maybe it was all a dream <laughs> <laughs> I don't know but uh, yeah yeah, so we get this this ex- almost like a, a short um, retrospective of what's happened at the end of the, the first movie. And we get the, the wonderful set of scenes that leads up to Alice getting out of bed 
or standing up from her uh, surgical bed, walking around in the paper kimono, going outside in that that wonderful repeat of the shot of um, the dead walk of the earth, which is a lovely um, reference to Day of the Dead. Um, and and the, the wonderful line that she says in this sort of narration, um, uh, this extended flashback narration, which is, we thought we'd survived the horror, which is a really nice, I think a nice reference to the original movie, uh, to the original game. You know, and I actually, you know, I, I make handwritten notes when I watch the movie and I've literally written the word nice. <laughs> <laughs> it is, it's good. I, 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 quite, I quite like the intro. I like it and I don't like it. So I like it because you've got her voiceover and she's kind of explaining what's happening, what's going on. And then you later find out that that is actually part of the movie and not just something they recorded, you know, for the heck of it. Although in later movies, they do the same thing and they literally just record it for the heck of it. Um, but in this one, it, it has a purpose as a reason for it. And then, it, you know, they're showing the flashbacks, which is fair enough. The problem I have is that, like like we've said before, they show a lot of flashbacks in this film. Um, every time you see the nemesis, pretty much, she flashes back to when Matt or Max gets taken. Um, and it's like, all right, we, we get it now. And like I'd watched these films back to back. So I was like, I literally just saw this scene happen like an hour ago. Like, I, I understand that. And it all felt a, a bit to me like it was being catered to the lowest. I mean, it obviously, what's the lowest common denominator potentially american movie going audience who can't keep things in their head long enough to understand they they, they kind of just go oh, shooty shooty gun gun uh lots of punchy zombie um and they can't really keep the, the the actual story in their head so they have to continually come back to it um and i was like oh just if they could treat the audience with a little bit more respect um and not just think it's a yokel off to see uh, Resident Evil, uh, shooty bang. I, I I liked it for some reason. Yeah, shooty bang bang. I liked it for some reasons, but I didn't like that they just kind of thought you were dumb and had to explain everything to you. So, absolutely. Um, yeah, the the the, the overuse of the flashbacks is. Yeah, it, it took me out of it too because I'm like, I, I get it, I get it. Stop trying to. Mm. I, and and maybe they were doing it to. Like uh, later on, when when Nemesis is having to fight uh, Alice, and it keeps it keeps focusing on his eye because it's the only eye that's not covered up, and it looks like a human eye because it kind of is a human eye, and then it keeps flashing back, and I get it. Maybe he's meant to be remembering himself rather than so you're seeing what he's remembering. But again, it, yeah, you don't. I, I feel like maybe you don't need that. Uh, I think you're right. I think it's just way too many uh, flashbacks and flash forwards and. You know, there's there's scenes. Uh, we did yeah. we did a an episode with um, uh, Z Boy where we talked about uh, Street Fighter, and there's a se- section in that that is a flashback that we didn't none of us realized was a flashback until after the scene had happened, and we went, "Oh wait, that was like three months before the movie." I don't, you know, at least it wasn't <laughs> that bad, is what I'm getting at. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's. I mean, I. I don't. I feel like I'm going to keep doing this throughout this now. <laughs> but they. They kind of do it slightly better. And 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 I don't like the third film in any way. Don't get me wrong. But they do the flashback better in the third film because they merge it with modern, like what's going on now. Um, because it's like you see what happened in the first film. You see what happened in the second film. And then they cut to. Uh, the third film, and they've dressed her up exactly like she was in the in the in in the first film. 
I'm getting confused now. Um, so they've dressed her up in the third film as she was in the first film and they're kind of replaying what happened except with new stuff. So it's like, oh, okay, you're doing it in a different way. Whereas the second film just literally just seems like they're almost like padding the film out with footage that they couldn't be bothered to redo. Um, so yeah, it just it, it, it's a blessing and a curse because yes, I, I enjoyed the narration and I enjoyed to a degree kind of getting a, a reminder of what happened, but it was just a bit, a, a bit heavy handed probably is the word for it. Definitely. Definitely. Um, so after we get that, so there's the, the first couple of minutes of the movie are a little confused for me that I know that there's, there's the flashback and we see um, Alice come out of the hospital and grab the shotgun and she's ready, except the, the sound effect of her sort of cocking the shotgun happens, but you don't see her do it. She just kind of stands still and it goes, and but that's a small thing, right? And then I'm very aware that there's a a scene that's like two weeks earlier or two months earlier, and there's like just people living, just running around and doing whatever they're doing. I've, and then I've got notes about mm-hmm. that later. On. And it also then sort of cuts to the hive entrance that they're opening up. And there's a bunch of people in hazmat suits. And I'm like, is this Hunk and his team? I'm not sure what's going on there. Well, no, because you, you get the, the feeling that they die and Hunk doesn't die. Um, so what That's I've got true. in my notes for the starting part is when it shows you through like the streets and stuff is uh, starting off perfect, perfect suburbia life, green grass and everything. And there's a weather forecast and the weather forecast goes a little something like this. I might be a little off. There's good news for all you hair fever and asthma sufferers. Today is a very high chance of zombie infection. <laughs> I got that completely wrong. <laughs> and then when it goes, when it zips down and you see the hive being reopened because reasons, all I've put is, um, meanwhile, deep underground, the breach team at the entrance to the hive is dropping their hip gear. Indeed, because <laughs> they do. Um, I mean, just... Even from scientific curiosity, something goes wrong in the first movie. Everything has to be locked down. I know what we'll do. We'll open the doors again and see what happens. Every Almost everyone in the previous film died. So let's go back in and see what happens. It's just, just no, just leave them, right? It's not even like they didn't know that, though, because they, they found the two survivors of the incident. So they obviously knew that something bad had happened. And then what well, I think my my recollection of this is those two parts are very reminiscent of two of the films. So seeing like normal life going on um, and then a bit later when you see people being taken away from the house by umbrella um, reminds me a little bit of the remake of Dawn of the Dead. Do you remember the suburban scenes from the beginning, which released in the same year. So it's definitely not actually related or, you know, inspired by that, but they're very similar. Um, And then the bit where they go in to see what happened and they have that little um, scanner and they could see the little dots of the people on it, and I was like, "That's aliens! Well, they've just they've just ripped off aliens wholesale here." Um, but it was it was all right. I, I, it was kind of like suspense building. You knew what was going to happen because you knew. Um, but I was kind of almost shouting the TV for them just to close the door. It's like, "Don't! You're going to let it out! Like, don't go in there! Just don't go the in there!" <laughs> And that'd be the end exactly. of the film. Oh no, we won't bother. Let's just close it, okay? It's, it's just a, it's just an hour's um, worth of a work crew cutting a tiny little hole and then creating enough concrete to pour down to like, to get rid of all the evidence. Just an hour's worth of a, a concrete mixer going round. That's you know? it, right? You've got this great big whacking, great big door, right? Drill a little hole in it and then put a little camera through. You don't need to open this great big door and go, oh, I wonder what happened to all of these dead people. You just drill a little hole and have a look, you know. 
No, I don't know. I don't know. But you're right. Yeah, the the ripoff of aliens and the the strange, almost serendipitous use of the 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 real life and and bits like that. I have to say though, um, in the, in the section at the beginning, the suburban life, there's a there's a, a a person running with headphones on, and I'm like, headphones and a CD player. Wow, that brings me back, right? <laughs> and she's running along, and coming back the other way is a paper boy who also has headphones on. And when he reaches into the bag to throw the newspaper across, I'm like, go oh, and hit her. You're gonna hit her because it's it, like the <laughs> angle is perfect. It looks like he's just gonna yeah. whack and take her out. But she cycle by clothesline. I thought that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, my question to you both was, would that have made this a better film? That would have been a major highlight of the film for me. The paper boy taking out the runner. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) I I mean, you know. And you superimpose a scream and then a body flying across and then a blood splatter on the screen. That's the perfect start to the film instead of just open the hive. Yeah. As the blood comes down the screen, Resident Evil kind of comes out of the blood. See? We're we're planning a better version of the film as well. has nothing to do with zombies. Literally, just a, a crazed, a crazed paperboy randomly taking unsolicited violence <laughs> on the streets of Racking City. See, that's how it all started. They just don't cover it. That's what it is. Pa- paperboy yeah. gone wild. They, they just don't want that. They'd rather have zombies <laughs> taking out the scene. So this one crazed paperboy thwacking people in the face with newspapers. <laughs> I didn't. I well, I was going to say they probably wouldn't want kids to be zombies, but they mm. they do because that happens later. But anyway, yeah. yeah. Um, so I've I've got I've I've jumped straight forward to when uh, Jill gets brought back in, or you believe it's Jill because she's wearing high heels. I've got something to say just before that bit is okay. like I said earlier on the, the the opening few minutes of the film are so confused to me. There is that flashback, there is a flash forward but back because the bit with Alice covers a, a long period of time and then you get inserted into the middle of it, taken back out and inserted back in. And that's where the movie happens. And then you come back out of that bit and the rest of the movie happens. So like, um, there is, there is a, like that, that, that opening part is really confusing to me. Just like the timeline of it, because, um, yeah, you get like, where does Alice go in between getting out of the hospital walking through it in the daytime, everything's trashed to the next time you see her, it's nighttime and she walks into a place and I've written it down later on. There's a place called surplus and more. And I'm like, y'all know what surplus means, right? (laughs) 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 But you're absolutely right. I think the next, the next thing we see is Jill, right? Actually, no, it's I've, I've, I've done my notes in order. I've, I've jumped a little ahead here. Um, so I've put, not a gas truck, but a cement truck that plows into the car carrying What's-A-Face's daughter. Right? Yes. Notice how it isn't veering to the oh. left or right. The driver isn't struggling with the bite. The driver just is is a dick and plows straight into them and drives off like it's mm-hmm. any other Wednesday afternoon. Don't even stop. Yeah. Just, pff, I'm off. Nice. You know. See, yeah. road rage. I, I did write down, Good. was that truck meant to be some kind of um, weird reference to the intro to Resident Evil 2. I mean, you were referencing it then, Scritch, when you say he's not covering about, he's not swerving left and right, mm. but he smashes through a car. Is that some kind of, or is it just a strange happenstance? Hey, we just have the car crash into it and it just does the thing and. Uh, he was, he was late it. to get to the, uh, the entrance of the lab to fill it with cement. That's the problem. It's his fault. It must be. He was too late. <laughs> so if it weren't for him being late, the whole zombie apocalypse wouldn't have happened. Yeah, stupid road rage driver. That's what it is. (laughs) Damn. Mm. 
I'm trying to think because there, there was. I'm trying to think where it was, and it's later on. But there is there is a um, uh, what the hell's the word for it? But it, you, you were talking about like a Resident Evil Two intro um, thing. There's a there's a oh my god, I can't think of words. There's a um, to Resident Evil Three intro, yeah. Resident Evil Three intro, yeah. Later on, halfway through the film, good. But anyway, yeah. The intro normally goes, yeah, yeah. Of course, yeah. Well, I mean, if you think about the 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 order of Resident Evil Two and Resident Evil Three, the games kind of makes sense. You would have a Resident Evil Two bit, and then a Resident Evil Three bit, and then another Resident Evil Two, and then a Resident Evil Three bit. Because so you could see what he's doing with his hands. Oh, I'm 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 making a very <laughs> a little fish big fish that's cardboard it, box. That's yeah. it. The, the little the little fish big fish cardboard box, which is the internationally accepted symbol for the Resident Evil Two and Three timelines. Yeah. So movie <laughs> yeah. reviews just turned into a rave. Absolutely. <laughs> we need to run this past uh, Alex Annual, see if that is actually the uh, <laughs> the actual. <laughs> if that makes sense, uh, I'm sure that yeah. it would. I'm sure that it would. <laughs> so, so I'm I'm going to go back to my point again without jumping too far. Um, I've uh, got uh, yeah with Jill being reclaimed mm. in, so she's wearing high heels, which whatever you know. She puts her boots back on. She gets a gun. She hears over the CB band radio, whatever. The, Smeg it is that uh, all off duty personnel should come back in, and all I've put here right in my notes is so shooting detained people in the head would not only lead to criminal conviction but massive paperwork. Another thing, how does she know the infected? How, do, how does she know they're infected without telling anyone? Jill's got no backstory here, she hasn't seen them before. They're... There's no mansion incident. Mm. How does she know unless she just enjoys shooting people? <laughs> They are assuming a lot, but also they do show the little newspaper clippings where it shows she's like disgraced and there was an incident and she's kind of like, so they, they show a little bit, but it's really quick. So they're assuming that you know who she is in advance. Also, there are, those paper cuttings are all about her. It's not like about the incidents or anything that happens. You know, like in the remake of Resident Evil 3, she's got like this board. I don't know if you've played much of it, but she's got like a board in her apartment with all the clippings of all the goings on and stuff. And it makes sense because she's looking at all these things that are happening in Raccoon City and going, oh, yeah, that connects to that. And, that con-. and in, in the film, in Apocalypse, she's just got cuttings about herself. So she's obviously a massive narcissist. It's like, oh, I've clip out this cutting about me getting fired and about me being crazy. It's like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I made the front down, page, no. not for the right reason. Shut up, it's going on the wall. <laughs> it's posting them to her mum. <laughs> I was fired. I'm in the newspaper. I'll send you a newspaper tomorrow. Excellent. <laughs> I mean, that's what I do. <laughs> Whenever you get fired. Yeah, when I get fired, <laughs> I, I tell mom. my mum, I'm like, yay, I'm famous again. People are talking about me. <laughs> Oh dear! I'm not yeah, saying I do whether ha- that's true or not. So I'll just I do that. have written down that, uh, like, I'll read the note that I made verbatim. So Jill can walk into a packed police station and start murdering people, and no one bats an eyelid. Also, how does she know that the they're infected? No one has said anything about it yet. I guess you guys have just sort of covered that bit. You know that the, there is an infection, yeah. the dead walk, all that kind of stuff. But yeah, she just walks in, and just pulls out this nine millimeter. I guess it's a nine. I don't know guns. Pulls out this gun and just, just yeah. bang, 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 and then yeah, that's it. And she walks off. It's like she, I'm not sure that's how policing works. <laughs> no, but it's it's how badassing works, yeah. right? I mean, that's exactly what they're trying to do there. They're trying to make her the the ultimate badass, which they succeed at pretty mm-hmm. quickly. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, they're obviously zombies, though, which isn't, it's not like she's gone in and just shot people who are just going, oh, I feel a bit sick. She's like, they're like full on proper, like green faced zombie. <laughs> like the, 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 the prostitute who sat next to LJ is like, re- like completely blue and like, like trying to gnaw at him. So yeah, news, they're Newsflash, Jill Valentine hates people with slight colds. Don't go anywhere near her. That's why she was fired. <laughs> she will think, shoot you. I think face. what I'm more upset about is the fact that no one is shocked. There's loads of noise going on. Ah, phones ringing and people shouting and screaming. She walks in, bang, 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 bang. And then just, you know, says to LJ, you know, get out of the city. That's what I'm going to do. And then walks off. And everyone's just like, right, what were we arguing about? Oh, yeah. Just just expecting one person at the desk to look, look up and go, typical. And go back to the paperwork while everything else is going nuts around them. Yeah, typical. Yeah, exactly. Classic Jill. Exactly. And keep writing. Yeah. I, um, I decided... There's, you get introduced to a character that I originally in my notes called Bluetooth Man, and then I called him Proto Wesker, and then I settled on Captain Switzerland. <laughs> because I think like, <laughs> that's a better name for him. <laughs> okay. Oh, is this like the German yeah, yeah, yeah. guy who I don't know what his name is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, you never find out who he is. I mean, you find out, you kind of make guesses that he's a very high up, you know, uh, uh, CEO or some kind of C-level person for uh, Umbrella, but you never find out what his name is. Mm. And so I decided he's Captain Switzerland. That's what he is. Because I don't want to call him Captain Germany because he's, I don't know. But mm. he, his accent comes across to me more Switzerland than Germany because he's not really angry. He's mm. just like, yeah, and now I will How? kill you. It's like, but Switzerland's quite neutral, and I feel like for the fact that he dooms most of Raccoon City to death, uh, Captain Captain Hitler would that be like you know that's kind of more fitting to what maybe, he is. Could, could, could we just settle to, for Captain Fascist and have done with it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we get introduced to someone very quickly and they disappear from our lives very quickly there's a lady running up some stairs in a pair of high heels and i don't know whether any of you chaps have ever done this but don't run upstairs in heels just don't walk in they're really uncomfortable yeah don't ask me how i know that i remember watching jurassic world and going why is she running around this forest in high heels just don't even i know that's not a good idea she's made a proper gamble (laughs) Like I mean, it'd be fine if the if the forest floor was quite hard. You know, she's fine, but she she doesn't know if there's mud. Exactly. Like, you know, that, that could have been really. She's not thought about this not at all. Zero thought been put into that completely. Just zero thought. <laughs> Blimmin, T. Leone. <laughs> she like. <laughs> but yeah, so there's this lady running away from some zombies. She runs up the stairs and she can't get through the door. And she finally punches the code in after getting bit and runs out onto the onto the roof and like ends up getting trapped between the edge of the roof and some zombies. And then all of a sudden Carlos appears with all of his friends and saves the day, except he doesn't because he's like, no, don't, don't come back here. We can help you. We can help you because presumably they know that there's a cure. I don't know, but they're like, we can help you. We can help you. We can help you. And then she goes, nope. And just yeets herself off the building. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He doesn't know at that point that she's infected, right? But the thing is, she knows. And, like, why was she... I mean, I don't know. I'm, th- I'm trying to think in my head, why was she running from them so frantically if she knew she was infected and was going to die anyway? Was it literally just because she wanted to throw herself off the, ro- the roof? Or was she just... Well, it was, she, it was she, a bit, she got it was bit a just thing. after she put the code in the door, so she was absolutely fine before she got bit. And it was more uh, escaping to the okay. roof, wasn't it? 
Problem was she didn't yeah. she didn't shut yeah, the door yeah. after. That, make, that makes that's more the sense. Only problem. Plus, I've I've put in my notes. This is a, a callback to the first Resident Evil episode we've done. I've uh, I've put um, Carlos jumps out of Chopper, does Chopper things. Um, when he hits the ground, <laughs> shoots zombies in a badass style, and then leg foo for the win. Oh yeah, yeah. He just kicks one of them and it dies. It's just like if yeah, you're ever stuck just... in a zombie apocalypse, leg <laughs> foo, kick things, you will win. This movie yeah. proves it. Well, it doesn't happen like t- at least twice that somebody kicks a zombie and it just dies. It's like, but that's not mm, how in it this works. universe. Like, it's a new set of logic I'm sticking to. <laughs> Only twice, <laughs> like any other time, it doesn't. Work. But yeah, it's uh, yeah, it, it was ridiculous. But it set it up well that it was a frantic time Absolutely. and things were going very, very wrong. I, so. I do know that I wrote down good guy Carlos putting everyone's life in danger just so that he can have his Mission Impossible moment off of the side of a chopper because he's. Mm. You know, that sort of, from the very first Mission Impossible movie. I, yeah. I wanted the harness to wind him, so when he unclipped, he was like, <laughs> yeah. I'm here to help! <laughs> That's what I really wanted to happen. He wasn't even clipped in the other side, was he? Like, he, ju- he just went off, not written, not even thinking whether it was clipped on the other side, and the guy was, like, frantically trying to clip it on. I wanted like, Nikolai just to go, ah, hell with him, and just not clip it, and he just goes, <laughs> <"Splat."> <laughs> yeah, fly off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He wasn't going to stay on mission. Leave him. Let's go. You know. That's what happens when you don't pay me back for that poker match. Or is it a poker match or is it a poker game? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe a match if it's professional. I don't know. Game if yeah. you're just playing setting up somebody. safety equipment. Yeah, that's that's for those five dollars you owe me. Splat. Move on. <laughs> very harsh. Yeah. Very harsh is Nikolai. Oh my goodness! Mm-hmm. But speaking of the speaking of uh, Captain Fascist or whoever we're going to call him now, Captain the guy with the earpiece, right? <laughs> and I just put anyone else think that the bad guy in the suit is talking to himself over the earpiece as a cover? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe Only once is. in the film do you see him push a button, you see the blue light react. So I think he's speaking to himself. Uh-huh. Maybe he is Mister Umbrella. Maybe he's not even employed by Umbrella, and he just waltzed in he's, and took he's over. wearing a suit after <laughs> all. I'm, I'm here. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I'm wearing a suit, and I have a I have a foreign accent. Therefore, I must be in charge, I, and have a Bluetooth headset. It's, it's the, like, the, the, the 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 bad guy, the the villain of the movie, is wearing a, a suit. Cliche. It's got it's got tons of them in this film. Yeah, that's yeah. it. That's it. That's also, it, that's when when he's when he's saying to the crowd, you know, you, you've got to stay back. He's got that mic. I only noticed it today when watching it. He's got a mic. I usually I thought it was just his earpiece that he clicked on, but he's got this mic, and he passes it yeah. over to the guard as well. And I wanted, I really wanted someone in when there was a ten silence in the crowd to yell. Free bird, but it didn't happen. <laughs> Just didn't happen. I'm so well disappointed. What I'll what I'll say about that scene, right, is he says, you know, he he hands the microphone off to his lieutenant general, colonel, whatever army sort of mm-hmm. uh, rank, and he says, the use of live ammunition is allowed, and they all like reload their machines and clickety clickety shooty bang bang. And then they yeah. turn the guns on the crowd and fire about 12 bajillion rounds into the crowd of live ammunition and no one dies. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. There's a lot about that whole scene that like, it's like when they closed the gate and like a few extra people ran through and nobody kicked up a fuss until the gates were actually fully closed. Like there wasn't people trying to get through before the gate shut. It was like, oh, oh, we'll just wander in. Oh, okay. The gate's shutting. Oh, Oh, that shouldn't have happened. Let's let's riot. But the the one thing that I did not like about that scene was um, so Jill obviously comes 
just forces her way to the front by saying, I'm a police officer. Ah, forces her way to the front, finds her other stars buddies. And somebody turns in front of them, basically, mm-hmm. I think. There's like this guy and the daughter's like, oh, my dad. Um, she doesn't seem to give a shit at first <laughs> at all. Like the guys, the guys on the floor, like going, <laughs> obviously turning. She's seen this before. She knows this. She looks the complete opposite direction, which I think is they must have used a shot where she didn't think she was in the shot because it looks like she is not even paying attention to what's going on in the scene. Um, and I'm like, why is Jill not? paying any attention to this guy dying on the floor <laughs> it's like this is not this is not good but then I, I don't i think it's is this the bit where the guy gets bitten Pit, or is bitten, it later? Uh, uh, star's friend uh, he gets bit in the leg yeah it's yeah. at this point yeah by the guy who's on the floor turning and then jill yeah. fills him full of lead yeah yeah and then she's like everybody get she back for some reason they listen to her and not the armed soldiers who couldn't hit their bullet with the side of a bun. Uh, just well, yeah, m- yeah, movie logic. She's she's of one course. of the main characters. Of course, they're going to listen to her. Absolutely, absolutely. You're a, you're a so, background or throwaway character. You're either going to get munched or not listened to. And then, like, straight after that is the... Well, not straight after that, but very shortly after that is what, what we all referred to earlier on as the Resident Evil intro scene. Uh, Resident Evil 3 intro scene, where yeah. there's, like, special ops yeah. and they're all being... They're chasing the zombies, shooting all the zombies, and there's cars pulling up and they're shooting over the tops of the cars. And that was a really nice reference. And I did write down, all we need now is someone getting backed into a corner and firing wildly. And that almost happened. And yeah. I was like, oh, this is... This this is Resident Evil the movie. This is what it should be. Yeah. yeah. Totally. They did the whole the the thing that was directly from Resident Evil 3 was the mm-hmm. helmet on the floor and these the camera zooms in and there's like zombie in the in the reflection of the helmet um the visor and that was that was directly lifted from that. But I mean that whole scene is very is reminiscent of the whole thing, but that scene's you know and they do that a lot during the film. They they take wholesale scenes from different games and use mm-hmm. them. And that was the first time I really noticed it in in the film and I thought oh that's quite cool. That's a nice touch. Um the, the yeah, only notes I've good. got for that part is uh, lazy script writing. I'm sorry. They wanted to be original in the first one, the second <laughs> one, they crammed in that many references. It, to me, it was the lazy script writing. We're going to make an I original mean, story, second mm. film. Uh, what have we got? We'll just take elements from the game. Just copy paste. It'll be fine. Is it lazy <laughs> film writing? Because like I said, you know, earlier uh, on, there's, there's the whole... Uh, People reacted in a very... The fans of the series, the series of video games, reacted in a certain way when the first movie came out. And so this feels more like a case of, let's just throw loads of references in to not to placate them, but just so that there's something that they they can't say, oh, it's not about the game, it's not about the game. Well, here's some stuff from the game, right? Mm. Because they could never make it into the game anymore because they'd introduced Alice and they'd introduced all this stuff and they'd already messed with the premise of the the games with having the hive and you know how nemesis gets made and all that kind of stuff they'd 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 messed with it already so they'd rather than like go okay let's just backtrack and pretend all this didn't happen and try and shoehorn alice in there somewhere as a separate story or something like oh no well miliovich is the star so alice has to be front and center and we'll just kind of Mm -hmm. take elements from the games and shove them in around her um which to be fair i think they did overall pretty well in this film 
Um, I think it was. I think it was good. But yeah, I can. I, I I can kind of see. I can kind of see the lazy script writing thing as well because they they did just go. Ah, well, rather than think of new original ideas, we will just cram a load of stuff. Like Jill didn't need to be in that game. Technically, in that film. Sorry, technically. Like uh, I I liked that she was. But anyway, so that's going into a different, a different thing altogether. But yeah, I I I, I, I did like I did like the uh, the little bits that they did. You know, the little callbacks to the games. I liked that. It did. It made me as a Resident Evil fan. It made me go, oh, that's cool. But yeah, yep. it's also I think isn't it during this scene where um, the sort of Resident Evil Three uh, intro remake scene where um, I noticed Carlos at some point after this point gets bitten. But yeah. I'd written down, he gets bitten, except there's no sound effect and there's no blood. So there's no like chewy, foley sound and there's no blood on screen. And then later on he goes, oh no, I got bitten and no one seems to care. He, he until got bitten, they're in the car later on. He got bitten by Yuri after they went to go check the hospital for supplies, which was the nemesis drop. And Yuri, I've, I've got a problem with him anyway, because he gets <laughs> bit in the shoulder, then he throws a grenade and then Carlos pulls up like a sheet of corrugated chipboard Right to 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 hide mask himself from the blast radius, which would have took them both out. Right, and then Yuri yeah. got bit on his one of his shoulders. Right later on, when they're dragging him around, he can't walk, like he's limping. But he got bit in the shoulder. Yeah, well, he's dying, isn't he? Right? Yeah. He's losing his vitality. But he's limping. If if mm. we're talking Resident Evil Three games, he's on danger. Right, that's why he's limping. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe maybe he tripped over something and kind of twisted his ankle as well. I, I like to think Nikolai just gave him a quick kick in the ankle. He's not going to survive. Let's make it. Yeah. Because in the games, Nikolai's not a very nice person. So I just imagine he just gave him, Carlos yeah. isn't looking, just get out of it. You know? Give him a quick kick. Yeah. <laughs> make it we worse for you. We did quickly, very, very, there is a short scene in the middle of that where they're like, it cuts back to Captain Switzerland or Bluetooth Man or whatever we're calling him. And he says it's something about Go get the Nemesis started up. Go start the Nemesis project. We get this cut, see, this scene of cuts of like, here's some, here's some, here's a bunch of bar charts and here's a bunch of words and here's like a, a, a spinny 3D model of a person and here's a, like a, some insides of a, like a, a MRI of a heart beating just to sort of show you that yeah. this thing is booting up. And then that gets flung into the city. So yeah, the, uh, the the next bit I'm going to mention is something we didn't mention earlier on, but um, Dr. Ashford, another shoehorn from Co Veronica, his daughter goes missing. That's an important thing we didn't mention before. Yeah. Now, what I've put here, there's two sets of notes I've put, is even Ashford's glasses look sad because <laughs> they've got a frowny face, <laughs> right? And then I've put, um, meanwhile, Ashford is hacking the system and also dropping his hip gear. I really want one of the Umbrella high-ups in this film to have their password as password. Yeah, There's, that would, but that <laughs> would make it have. too realistic, right? Yeah, true. Yeah, I'd, working as an IT tech, I can true. tell you that's more commonplace than you'll ever realise. I did that have putting a one at the end of it. I did have written down that when he tries to access the the umbrella system and it says denied, so then he gets his laptop out and he goes try to access it access it remotely because somehow that will work. Access denied, and then he's like, I know what I'll do. I will do a hack search. And he types in H-A-C-K space S-E-L, <laughs> the rest of the spelling for search, right? And and I've got written down, maybe maybe I'm doing my Googling wrong. Is that is that oh, it's yeah. just hack search? Go to hacksearch.com or something, right? 
Um, don't go to hacksage.com. Anyone listening, please don't. No, of course. No, no, no. <laughs> this is a movie thing. It's not real life. <laughs> At least I hope it isn't. But <laughs> we've gotten this far in the movie, we've only really seen Alice a few times. Right? She's been a shadowy background character. And this is when we see um, the... She she's walking through. It's nighttime. She's walking through the city, and in the background there's a shop. And I wrote down the name of the shop. It's Fremlin's Surplus, and more. And I, and I literally wrote after that. You keep using that word. I don't <laughs> think it means what you think it means, because surplus means a load of stuff, extra stuff, more mm-hmm. stuff than we need. But they have that and more. So really that. It's redundant, right? I think I think there the yeah. wasn't how to use more and more because that was a shop that was across from the city, exactly, so it'd be yeah. copyright infringement. <laughs> but then, wh- why didn't they use Kendo's exactly. gun shop though? Then like, that would have, yeah, because it is just a gun shop, right? Maybe maybe too many references. Yeah, pretty much I don't is. Know. Well, it's a gun shop, and also apparently they sell like sexy clothing because she manages to dress herself up in like sexy post-apocalyptic. Outfits, because you know, gun shops sell that stuff. I mean, maybe I don't. Never know. Never been in a gun shop. Gun savers had. Yeah. <laughs> and hot pants and all sorts. I mean, and those jeans <laughs> that, um, like, by the end of the the by the end of the movie, she's got. I think it's a, a right leg. They they've turned into cut off jeans, but they're still a bit down at the bottom yeah. of her leg, hanging on mm-hmm. for dear life. Like you can see most of her yeah. right leg. I mean, I'll have to try and take a screenshot for the uh, for the show notes because I'm doing a terrible job of uh, describing it. But that just just post the whole yeah. film in the show notes, and then people yeah, yeah, come yeah. back. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're following along, we're at minute. <laughs> <laughs> so the next thing I've got right, this is when you see Doctor Ashford and he's 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 he's, he's uh, hack dot com searching away and got into the the cameras and stuff and he's looking for people and he says there's got to be someone left there's got to be someone alive this is what I put word for word I know what I'll do I shall pin all of my hopes and finding my daughter in a sprawling infected city on the only choice that makes sense a half naked woman in a bathrobe carrying a shotgun yeah <laughs> that sort of covers it all doesn't it really but how did so what I didn't understand about that scene is how he found her because there are, I mean, I'm guessing it's some kind of motion sensor, but there's lots of things moving in that city because there are zombies walking around. She wasn't running. She was just walking. So it wasn't like he was going, I'm going to look for people who are running because zombies don't run. She was just walking at a normal pace. How did he, how did he find, is there like life signature sensors all over the raccoon city to detect like, I don't know, heartbeats and crap? It's like... That seems far too... It's supposed to be like the 90s, isn't it? I don't know if they went with the the game timeline, but it's... Uh, that, that just screams to me he's he's quite adept at looking for certain people through cameras. Uh, yeah, that's... Uh, okay. Straight <laughs> hey, I did say that. <laughs> <laughs> did anybody else notice? I don't know if you've ever seen the, the um, miniseries uh, Chernobyl. Um... It's a, it's it's fantastic. It was I think it was out last year. But the main guy in that is Doctor Ashford. Uh, Jared Harris is the actor's name, and because I now associate um, Jared Harris with his role in Chernobyl, I had forgotten that he was in this film. So I went back, and all I could all I could see was him in Chernobyl. And he was like a, a like a scientist a scientist again, but really depressed all the time, and like it was playing like a Russian guy. So I just expect him to like break out into Russian accent every so often, or like. Or like start talking about nuclear reactors going off and stuff, and I'm like, oh, it's not, it's not the same. He, he, I don't know, I don't know why he was in this film. It was he was completely surplus to requirement. I didn't, I didn't like his character at all. But yeah, 
And he wasn't in Ashford. Yeah. Damn it. Like, not properly. Like, he was he was nothing to do with the Code Veronica Ashfords whatsoever. They'd just stolen the name and completely hold tarnished it. So. Well, he wasn't bonkers oh, for a start. Well, exactly, yeah. And, and I was going yeah. to say, hold on to that thought, though, because there's a few more Code Veronica things that don't make sense later on in the, in the movie, right? <laughs> but, yeah, so, yeah, how did he track her down? And then, like, tracking his daughter down as well. How did he track his daughter down? But then... You know, this is a guy who is quite happy to just inject his daughter with some random virus he's just made. I mean, you find out later how the mm-hmm. virus got made. He just, I'll inject you with it and you'll be fine. So maybe he's injected her with some kind of tracking thing, or maybe she's got one of those GPS chips that, you know, you can hang on your keys and you can find out where they are. Maybe yeah. that's it. Or, yeah, maybe it's just movie logic. I'm not sure. Yeah, probably <laughs> movie logic. We're up to the church now, right? Is it the church? Oh, my goodness, the church. Yes, the church. <laughs> now, before we mention anything about the church, I'll read you word for word what one of my notes is, right? It says, so, okay. if I was in a church and I just ran in from the outside and barred the door and some reporter tried leaving through the door, we just came in, you know, where all the zombies are, let her go. Uh, just let her go. Before yeah. you even get to inside of the church, right? They walk down the street turn left into um, the church courtyard through an open gate. In that establishing mm. shot of them walking through that gate, okay, to the to, to the left of that shot, to their right-hand side, if you are them, there's, the, there's like a big open gate because that's where the vehicles were driving in. But on the other side of the frame, there's part of a wall and then it stops. So they could have easily just walked mm. through the gap in the wall Rather, so they've walked <laughs> past the gap, around the corner, and then through the gate. So, oh well, no, we, we can't walk mm. into the church through the wall. We've got to walk through. But yeah, well, that's disrespectful, isn't it? That's like shooting people well, in church. Oh, hang on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's or it's video game logic where you have to go. This, the yeah, because well, yeah, because the wall's yeah, blocked, wall, isn't it? It's, yeah, yeah. it's not an entrance. It's just part of the yeah. pre-rendered um, background. Yeah, exactly. I yeah, did I like. That. I did like when Jill found. The priest and the priest's sister. That was a nice little touch. Like uh-huh. the priest is doing what he can to keep his sister around. It's a bit nasty. He's feeding his sister who is infected people so that he can keep her around. Uh, I get it. I, yeah, that's kind of cool. It's a nice little uh, thing that's going on. I feel like that. Can, can I, can I just clarify? You get it as, as in you would do no, the same but, thing. But I understand or... his motivations. I understand it, you know, because, okay. um, you know, in every zombie movie, there's always that. I mean, we see it later on in, in this movie anyway. You get the, oh no, it's someone I know, but they're just far enough away from me that they just look like they're a little, maybe they've twisted their ankle. Maybe they've busted their nose open. It could just be that person. And then it's when they get right on top of you, it's too late to realize, no, it's a zombified version of whoever I should have dealt with them then. And so I yeah. kind of get why. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe because he's a priest, he's also hoping for some kind of, um, from on high, some, please, oh Lord, bring my sister back. Maybe you can exorcise the demons. I totally get it. And I I did, I actually liked that. Did did anyone else notice that, you know, when the guy runs up the stairs for like the, the, the balcony pews, obviously, when he runs up the stairs when he gets scared, you know, when you see him from the liquor's point of view, did anyone else hear the liquor laughing? No, no. It laughs. So you're saying it's a it's a predator yeah. reference then? Well, it's 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 not in your face like what a normal laugh would be. 
it's a laugh under your breath and it, it wasn't the the liquor moving or making sounds it was an actual it was it was it was a liquor laughing which i thought was really weird i had to type that down real quick um and when when jill gets back downstairs and she gets grabbed making noise because liquors don't react to noise obviously um I've, i wrote this down and it was uh i camp three in the church what are we gonna do i know we wait wait for what this is what should have happened turn to the camera cheeky grin plot <laughs> she knows something we don't you know <laughs> plus they're in a church right why don't they just grab a holy hand grenade i assume that's where they're, they're held right Counter three and lobbest thine holy hand grenade at thine end. Four is too much. Two is not the number of counting. Five is right out. (laughs) (laughs) Also, there's 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 solid proof that uh, bringing a motorbike to a liquor fight does work. So before we even get to that, right? (laughs) I'd like to say that I feel sorry for Jill because she's this badass on the outside. She's wandering around. Just I'm not I'm not taking names. I'm just going to shoot the zombies or shoot the infected because it deals with them. Right up until you find out that Peyton's infected, but we'll come back to that later. And then she has trouble with if there's something on the floor and she has to reach to grab it, it's not going to work. Like it, it, it happens in the church and then it happens later on in the school. She has to reach under to grab something mm-hmm. and then something gets in the way and it all that plan never comes through. But she's that much of a badass. She can immediately come up with a you know pivot and come up with a different plan. Mm. She She is like a trained, like policewoman slash like you know badass um why would you even go for the gun she's got a gun like why would you even go for that gun which apparently from the looks of it had like three bullets in it and she just discards it straight away anyway so they they literally only did that just to make her look kind of cool um and put her in some kind of peril but it goes against what i would imagine is all of your training is like don't take your eyes off like what your surroundings are to go look under a pew to find a gun so she tries to grab a gun that the guy dropped right she has a gun mm-hmm. in her right hand. She also has one under her left arm in a holster. Why she need the third mm-hmm. one? Because a very loud one as well. That's got a hell of a kickback because it's yeah. it's a six shooter. Maybe, uh, she maybe the training for how to deal with being surrounded by liquors in a church and you find a gun under a pew was offered when she was off work, when she was suspended. So maybe <laughs> that's why she doesn't know. <laughs> she was taking a sick day that day and she just didn't realise. Yeah, maybe so. Mm-hmm. But yes, and then of course, Silly there's the like. I'm going to breeze past the idea of these liquors being super speedy, because eh, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, I, I get that they're trying to make them into the super threat mm-hmm. kind of thing in order to make Alice seem even more of a threat. Like, because the first film there was one liquor, and that one liquor was like hunting them down throughout, and was like a real, a really horrible threat, and was the biggest threat in the film. And they very quickly within the church scene just go, eh, that's fine, they're all right, you know, normal people can't deal with them, fair enough. But Alice, oh, no problem, <laughs> she's fine, <laughs> totally, totally cool with liquors. Aren't they the only liquors in the whole Dentistry, film? Yeah. Well, yeah, I thought, yeah, that's it. Yeah. So also, I love it when. Um, obviously you get the obligatory, here's the bullets flying, let's have a slowdown, there's the umbrella symbol at the back. Another reference to again, yeah. right? And then, you know, the, she, she shoots two of them, one's stuck on a pew, she gets a shotgun, blows it away, you know, and then blood goes all over uh, Jill's feet. Now, I'm not going to censor some of the swearing in this, so I'll just say this as it is. She says, who the f*** are you? At which point Alice should have said, uh, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
I understand you're meant to be a badass, but yeah, you're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that yeah. whole that whole sequence starting with the motorcycle bursting through the window is just I'm like mm, I'm starting to not like this anymore. I get it. It's a it's a fun you know it is a fun a legitimately fun action zombie movie, but. Uh, Mm. It's it's not zombies crawling on the ceiling level of, uh, but it's getting there. But how how did she manage to get through the window? Is what is was there was there like a convenient ramp straight outside the I window? Mean. Did she have to build? A, was she outside <laughs> building a ramp beforehand? Like I need to like I need to figure out how to get this motorcycle. That, that's, that's, what what <laughs> that's what happens when she goes missing for ages. She goes to where the next bit in the story is <laughs> and builds the props and gets all the stunt gear ready to just dive in. Me- <laughs> it's it's not even that she's just building it she has to go and find all the materials so it's like three hours of her just scavenging raccoon city for like pieces of wood and like trying to find the right curve in a piece of wood it's like oh no that's not the right one like shopping mm. basically like okay that should be a whole like that could be like a little mini film like a, a half an hour film of her just scavenging and building the ramp and it just fin- the film finishes as she smashes through the window <laughs> yeah but but <laughs> while, while she's looking for the supplies she's got to go to the right shop to find the right length of rope for later on the right tension and right length of rope, yeah. like 19,000 yards of it, isn't it? Maybe that's why she went to Fremlin's surplus and more. Maybe that's the only place that had all of these bits and pieces she needed. Just, Maybe. just in the back. Yeah, yeah. the half an hour film is just her kind of pulling them from the shop to the church, <laughs> nailing them all together with a hammer so, and nail. So what no one says is the surplus in the back, half of it's rope and the other half of it's lumber. That's it. <laughs> yeah. It's like a, a lumber yard just next door, like at the back. <laughs> Raccoon yeah. City DIY SOS. Today, with Alice, she's making a ramp to <laughs> smash through a church on a bike. <laughs> Nick Knowles and the team. <laughs> but halfway through, they just slowly get picked off one by one, the zombies by the end. She mows them down and then flies through the church thinking, I'm going to miss my cue. And mows them down and then mows them all liquors down. Even better, they could get to, have you ever watched Extreme Makeover Home Edition? With the bus. They just have like a bus at the end. I move that bus. <laughs> Big ramps being built up to the window. I don't care what colour you've painted it or the fact that you've put potted plants around it. I just need to drive my motorcycle up it to get through the window. <laughs> you see, Alice would have used the bus, but the bus uh, would have made the ramp collapse. That's why she used the motorbike. Can you imagine uh, going through that and the, the massive bus <laughs> and just splatters everyone? Movie over credits. How, uh, I love how Andrew's version is the bus is in the way, and your version is no. I'm just going to leave the motorcycle <laughs> and take the bus through the window. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's an yeah. impact, and then there's an impact. You know, <laughs> would you if it was you, Squidge? Would uh, you have gone through the window as the, as the bus, let it smash down, and then like not make any sound until the door slowly opens and you step out and go? School time is over, or something like that. No, what, what it would be your, is my my version of that would be you'd have the people waiting near the aisles, and the bus is that that heavy that it come through fast, and they won't have time to dodge. Now, before the bus came through, the liquors would all jump on them, so you'd squish everyone, right? Yeah. Go forward, try and do a handbrake and fail, so you just come slowly to a stop. The camera goes right up to the door, the door opens, and Alice with a big cheesy grin just goes, "Tickets, please," and then crash. <laughs> <laughs> no ticket. Yeah, 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 Indiana Jones reference. I like it. Yeah. See, that is less over, the, in my opinion, less over the top than the scene we actually got. And I've written it down. <laughs> I've written down, Alice dealing with the liquors is so far over the top, it's practically in lower orbit. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's lo- It's loads they of are, fun to watch. They're bending yeah, over yeah. backwards. 
they're bending over backwards to make her make her the, the more of a badass than they've just made Jill out to be. They're like, oh, Jill was a badass. Oh, you thought Jill was a badass? No, wait, <laughs> Alice. Alice is the badass. So it's almost like they're like, hey, you like the Resident Evil games? No, no, the films are much better. Look at Alice. She's not even in the games, and she's so much better. It's like, oh, God's sake. it's yeah, it's just a bit. So why are they walking through a graveyard? Because it's next to the church. Did Maybe. did watching Michael Jackson's Thriller not teach anyone anything? See, I, I wrote that down. Maybe they were hoping for a thriller dance-off to see whether it would deal with the zombies, you know. My my actual yeah, notes was, yeah, a graveyard is a perfect place to walk through. I thought Alice was smart. Avoid the graveyard. Because the the obvious happens. There's there's a there's a trucks can standoff, guns blazing everywhere, you know, and aimed at people. You know, in an hour or two you're gonna kill people, deal with it, and then zombies start showing up. With and in that fight Right, you've got Peyton or whatever he's called trying to snap some necks, which technically shouldn't work on zombies because his brain you got to destroy. Right, snapping some necks and then giving further proof that Legafu will save the day. People start kicking zombies; they start dying, and then it all you get this massive fight, and then it goes. We're surrounded, and it zooms in on Alice. Right, and I'm I'm gonna I'm not gonna censor this again, but I'm I'm just gonna put donkey kick motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> she donkey kicks this zombie and he flies like to the next county. Cause she does. So this is is this the one where she, yeah. she backwards yeah. kicks? Yeah, is that, donkey kick motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> what donkey kick is, yeah. That was that was a really weird shot as well, because you can't see where her leg was. You just see that she kicks backwards and then the guy, yeah, flies really far back. <laughs> it's a ridiculous shot. That that whole sequence when I, I remember watching it in the cinema when it came out. And that whole sequence, I was like trying to stifle laughter as to how bad it was, because there was not any. So you got like the, they had the weird stuttery shots of zombies. They, they kind of do that throughout, but that's just a weird choice that they made. And then a lot of the action they kind of obscure by having like really fast like camera moves and stuff. It wasn't quite as bad as I remembered it uh, when I watched it recently, like the other day, yesterday, in fact, for this. But it was just like it was. It literally was again, just to show how badass Alice was, and to do the. Oh, they must have practiced that move in the choreography for so long. Like this looks really cool. I'm like, yeah, we need to do this in the actual film. Okay, let's do it. And then they kind of maybe didn't tell the chore- no, the um, cinematographer they were going to do it, and so he was like, oh, I'm going to do a straightforward shot here. And then they did the the move, and he was like, yeah, that's cool. Let's move on. It looks shit in the film. It looks. Absolutely I like to ridiculous. think two things happened. One, it was either a donkey kick or a shin kick, because we all know how dangerous they are. And second, they I'd like to shins. think that mm-hmm. when they set up this and they, they put like the hands on the zombie to go flying backwards, the guy, because a lot of the zombies like close up are dancers in this because they've got the movement and stuff. I like to think that a lot of zombies had like harnesses in their costumes so they could just clip to it and what have you. I like to think that the one that she kicked didn't know there was a rope on the back of it and it was clicked. <laughs> So when she did the kick, someone just went, Whoa! and he went, yeet, and he didn't even know. I like to think there's extra going, what the, f-? as he flies out of the screen. I like to think that happened. Perhaps that's it. Perhaps uh, there was only two people on set who knew that was going to happen. Maybe that's it. And that's why it wasn't shot so well. The three broken ribs was totally worth a shit shot, seriously. But if, but without the quick camera angles, right, I am, I am absolutely convinced in this film, with all like the 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 hand to hand combat in a zombie film, because reasons, I like to think that if there wasn't quick cuts, it looks something like a really crap professional wrestling episode, you know, where you watch it and they, they, they don't connect with any of the punches. It's more slaps. The kicks are really slow. You know, there's taunts to the crowd and the pacing's crap. But if you take that and do some quick cuts, 
you know, and mainly focus on other interesting things like foliage in the background or a, a, a zombie that's shaving somewhere or, you know, someone doing the taxes. It may look a little bit better than just... <laughs> I feel like, you know, the, like this movie came out at a period of time where it was like, let's obscure the action and let people think that this is what's going on because that way we don't have to choreograph it so much and we don't have to worry about filming it from bad angles but unfortunately they caught the donkey kick with the bad angle i've written down seriously could they use that whip sound effect anymore like she's standing still and it's going like oh i like to think there's a part where she just scratches her face and goes you know for a scratch in the face yeah right Um, it's very much the action scenes are very much the alien versus predator movie scene of action scenes where you don't know what's going on but someone wins at the end mm-hmm. it's very close to that yeah but then yeah. again you know leg foo absolutely anyone then- that does anything hand-to-hand leg foo wins the day next time on the waffling tailors shang sung slash um swiss cheese man says <laughs> i will give you the world on a platter if you kill Nemesis and come with me. And I'm like, if I'm that powerful, I don't need you. Yeah, Alice can tell. And apparently Angela can tell that Alice is massively infected. It's like, how? How is this a thing? Like, it, just, it makes it makes no sense whatsoever. Plot. Plot. Now, for the people listening, they're not going to see this, but you two are. I'm shaking my fist in the air, right? But all I'm going to say is, what have I told you about logic in this film? You both told me at the beginning, don't use logic, and now you're using logic. Shakes fist. He's engineered this virus and the antidote to try and help his Mm -hmm. daughter, but he ends up getting it anyway just because hubris. I wonder Mm -hmm. if that's... But then is that giving giving Paul W.S. Anderson way too much credit? They ain't going to drop 900 tons of alcohol in the city, you moron. They're going to blow it up. They're just going to get a big squeegee mop and just wipe it down. (laughs) Of course Alice is going to fight and kick all kinds of ass. Mr. Fantastic just made a young girl cry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who wouldn't yeah. go nuts after that? Intro music is Among the Stars by Muse Station Productions. Outro music is I Need You Watashi no Sabate by GH. Spoiler break music is Spectrum Subdiffusion Mix by Phonics. Palette cleanser music is Breathe Deep, Breathe Clear by Siobhan Dagay. See the show notes for more details. The Waffling Tailors podcast is a proud member of the J&J Media Network. To find out more about J&J Media, head over to jayandjay.media or check the show notes for a link.